0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. By minnowsplus.com, from baits to waders. If it helps you catch a fish, they have it. And now, from the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host,
1: Trey Schaap. I hope you enjoyed part one of my sit-down with head basketball coach of the 1994 National Championship, Arkansas Razorbacks, Nolan Richardson. Well, part two is coming up in this episode. It is going to be good. You will not want to miss it. I want to thank our great sponsor, Plus.com. They have the Joy Fish Bait Station floating cages right now on the website. Go there check out everything they have at minnowsplus.com minnows plus your one-stop shop for all of your fishing and hunting needs minnowsplus.com we're back with nolan richardson after this
2: This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor his show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions.
3: Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of Sure Life products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com.
1: Welcome back to From the Short Grass. On the tee, the 1994 NCAA Championship head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks and Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer, Nolan Richardson. I want to ask you about Lee Elder. What did you think about him? Lee was
4: from Dallas, and he talked about it, how good he was. There were not very many African Americans on any of the tours. Whenever there was an opportunity to watch anything in golf, well, I, I pay close attention to those. And Lee Elder was and the first African-American to play, play in, the, in the Masters. In the Masters.
1: And this past year, they've added, added Lee, Lee Elder as one of the honorary starters. As someone of color, that
4: has to make you feel good. Very, 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 very good because he didn't get the opportunities to be great. Sometimes you don't get the opportunity to be great. You can be good, but you're not having opportunities to be great is another step. And they added him to that. Uh, yeah, he was one of the great ones that played the game. Uh, no question, I, I felt very honored, and very very happy for him and his family.
1: And I think if Tiger Woods wouldn't have had the accident, he would have been there when Mr. Elder was announced as one of the honorary starters on that Thursday morning. Oh, yes.
4: I think he, there's no question that uh, th- I think Tiger would have been very proud, and very happy that he got that opportunity to watch this in his lifetime. Tiger Woods what has he meant for the African-American
1: community and the game of golf?
4: I can't speak for everyone, but he takes the same role as I can see as Jackie Robinson did for the baseball in opening the doors to giving opportunities. That's what Tiger has done. The game in golf, young blacks can't afford it, and so you won't see a whole abundance of kids being that good. That's why they have that first tee and mm-hmm. things of that nature to help that happen. Tiger, to me, is Jackie Robinson of the golf opening doors that has been closed for for several for many, many years. Best golf course you ever played. Is it Augusta National? It is no question the best. But I also think that the one there <laughs> right outside of Little is A lotion. Rolling? A lotion. That's pretty nice, too. Uh, the thing that I feel that we have so many nice golf courses in the state of Arkansas, just really nice. Did you ever play with John Thompson, Big John? John didn't play golf. He did not. No, no. that was John didn't play golf. Cheney, Ravelin didn't play golf. All of those, that's why I say all those guys that I mentioned, I was the only African-American at one time that played golf that was a major college coach. And it's kind of weird because I wouldn't have never played if that bet hadn't taken place. I'm glad the bet, I'm glad I lost, and I got a chance to go out and play on the golf course. And That's why I said people on the golf course are sometimes totally different than they are when they're off the golf course. Mm -hmm. It was
1: losing that bet, and you had something inside of you that said, that's not going to be the end of it. I'm coming back. I'm going to work at it.
4: No question about that because I'd lost and I couldn't do something that I know that I could and can do if I had some work at it. And I'm going to get my money back. In the meantime, the bug bit me. And now I'm up at 2 and 3 in the morning working on my swing instead of going getting some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk a little basketball because, I mean, you just –
1: a legend. You're in the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. You're in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, I think everybody's watched your speech. Uh, It's a fantastic speech. The part about Bird just gets (laughs) me because that is hilarious. (laughs) Can you give us a little bit of that? You were driving in your car. Right.
4: You know, and it's funny. I told Larry the story because Larry, I I, would known Larry for a while because uh, I was with Converse. Mm -hmm. And Converse took all of its coaches on trips. Larry was with us. He uh, was a converse guy. Magic Johnson was a converse guy, you know. Well, we all were on this trip, so I was telling him. I said, you know what, Larry, you know, I, at this time I know him. What happened was I was driving down in the, in the, and it, I was listening to the radio and the game was on, the game between New Mexico State and Indiana State. That's before I was a coach in Nevada. I was, at the time, I was a junior college coach, so I didn't know Larry at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't keep up with him. I was looking for players in high school, and junior high to help me and Larry's already was a, a senior the year that I was in junior college so I'm driving down the street and and this 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 announcer is calling the game and he says well you got to see this kid this kid is the greatest I mean Larry Bird uh, there he goes Bird Bird makes a basket oh look at did you see that pass Bird made it. I mean Bird did this Bird did that. I'm I'm saying damn this guy's good you know because I'm keeping up with what he's telling me and then I said dang boy and I knew deep inside that when he kept talking about bird, I said, hell, I don't know any white birds. So that must be, this must be a brother. That's what it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I get up the next morning, and there's a newspaper, and I, and I open it up, and I see Larry's picture. <laughs> I said, oh, dang, are you kidding me? <laughs> then I start following him. Then he became one of my favorite players because everywhere he had gone, the team was better. I mean, he, a lot of guys can be good. But they don't make anybody around them good. Larry did. That's how I looked at him. From a coaching standpoint, he made guys that was average much better than average. I remember as I was going up to the podium, I saw Larry sitting up there smiling. I said, I'll get you. (laughs) (laughs) You got him. (laughs) That's a great story. Let's go to
1: the move from Barnhill to Bud Walton, the house that you built.
4: Well, that's what they say. I uh, I don't know if I built it or not, but – I think our teams, and, that, and to me the teams that really had a lot to do with building was that Oliver Miller and Lee Mayberry and Todd Day, and some of those guys who were, who were behind it, you know, because that group had never, ever lost a, a championship
2: of, a, of, of an In, uh, in other words, uh,
4: they were, they were champions three straight years in the Southwest Conference. And then their senior year, they, they go into the Southeast Conference, and they win it. So they won four in a row conference championships. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that team also holds the record of most games ever won by a team uh, that I've coached. And so, you know, it, it was a wonderful deal that took place when when uh, Frank had came up and said, we, we need to get some more seats in the in Bonnier Arena. I said, "What would it take? Said, we could probably ask for about a million dollars from, and see if uh, uh, Bud will help us out." So we go to lunch with him, and that, that's the first thing he said: hey, I, "What can I do for you guys?" I mean, Coach, what is it? Un- what you need? I said, "We're in the Southeast Conference. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, all, all of them got better facilities than we have." But we were wondering if we could somehow get about a million dollars so we can remodel and put some more seats—about a thousand seats. He said, "Oh no, man, no, you don't want to do that. Hell, you got—you got, you got too much to offer to have that kind of arena." He said, uh, "Frank, what does an arena cost these days, like that?" Frank said, "About thirty, thirty-five million." He said, "Go get it built. Wow! Just like that." I said, "Man, we came for a million, and we got thirty-five. That's a pretty good lunch, big time." And I think he paid half of it or something, but then the, the stock split. So, it, it, so there he—I mean, everything fell into place. Not only did that happen, all, everything fell into place. We win the—we c- never—we didn't lose a game that year in the building. Mm-hmm. We won the NCAA championship. We won the SEC. We everything fell into place. It was a, a perfect storm for us. And now, your name's on that court. Yeah. That's uh, got to feel good. Uh, that, that makes me pretty proud because of I have eleven great grandkids. I got seven grandkids. It's eighteen people, and for them to be able to see their grandfather and their great grandfather name on a floor, that means a lot to me and my family, and to all my friends, and to all my assistant coaches that have worked so hard. It's a testament of everybody's dream. That makes me feel very well, very good.
1: It's going to be there forever. I hope so. The other thing that happened this year is the street right in front of Bud Walton Arena That's is amazing. named after you now.
4: It's not a very long street, so you, you if you come in, in one or two directions, you've you got to go toward Bud Walton. There it is. That's all you need. They could have named Cleveland
1: Hill. They could have changed that oh, to Nolan man. Richardson Hill.
4: I think they. I think the players do call it
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> How many
1: times did Pat Bradley fall out trying to get up
4: that hill? Oh, Pat. Poor Pat. He made it, though. You know, uh, Pat and uh, Big O used to run that hill, boy. He used to cheat. There's times that somebody pick him up and take him. <laughs> <laughs> One year ago, we took him to the airport and made him run from the airport all the way back to the university. That's Drake Field, not Dra- Drake. X&A wasn't here no. yet. Okay, so Drake Drakefield. Drake We'd take them out there, drop them off. I'd had a troll truck, and then I'd f- try to follow them a little bit. Then I'd leave them, let them run, you know. Well, one day I did that, and I left and came back to the school. And when I got back to the school, Big O was sitting, standing in, in the middle of the, the, the deal. We just dropped you off. How do you get back here? I ran, Coach. I said, you ran? Yeah. I knew that could be true, but I said, Okay. A while later, here comes the rest of them. I said, "Coach, did you see Big O?" And I said, "No, nah, but I, when I came, he was." He said, "Yeah, he hitchhiked." <laughs> 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 oh, man! I said, "Whatever it takes for Big O to get a chance to, to get in, he, he was he, gonna do it. He's man. He's gonna do it. <laughs> he is going to do it." Yeah, that that Cleveland Hill. You know, the the, the story of Cleveland Hill is actually John McDonald. I asked him one day about his cross country and I'll pick John's brain because John, as I say, you can touch him and it's a national championship. So I said, uh, what is it that we have to try to do to to maintain uh, uh, conditioning and get our lungs strong, John? He says, run hills, run long distance. It develops. I said, "Okay. there's a road over there called Cleveland. You go straight up and come down. So I said, hey, go check it out. So I went over there and drove up. I said, damn, this is a hell of a hill here. And so I said, okay, every morning at six o'clock, I want to meet you guys here at the Cleveland. And they said, what for? <laughs> I said, we're going to get in shape, man. That's it. That's and, it. And I always took some, some from advice from some of the old coaches that I'd read about. And Vince Lombardi would say that mm-hmm. fatigue will make cowards of us all. And that's what I was preaching to him if you if, if you get in better shape than your opponent he's become a coward mm-hmm. and that's what you want
1: is there a game that you look back on that you think man i wish i would have done one little thing different and the outcome would be a I w think
4: the championship game that we played in 1995 i noticed that when i had my team meetings before the game i did not have that motivational part in me And the reason was I had just been named the most courageous coach or person by the uh, sports writers. At noon, I picked up that award and they had a film and they showed my daughter who had passed away. And they showed Rose. They showed they showed all the things that just hurt my insides. So I had no emotions. I was not angry about nothing because I I was I was the kind of coach that went into the game angry, may have come out angry and then got better. But I always want to go in angry because you're the opponent, you're the enemy. Regardless if you're my son, which I played against once, John and I were close, it didn't matter. Anybody I played was an enemy until after the game. I didn't have that feeling. And I thought it kind of, you know, they played, but there was something missing. And the thing that was missing, and I was trying to get it. To this day, that's what I thought happened.
1: And I think that can relate to golf as well. Because you have to be mentally there, especially on the more difficult courses, for
4: every shot. Every shot, you're absolutely right. And, and see, and that's why I say golf helped me become focused better. Because you you do if you know at one time I had a three three handicap too. I was a pretty pretty good player. Pretty good. pretty good, pretty good player. You could take some money off what, a I mean, lot of people. Yeah, I did back home. The thing that you know it's with age comes. You know you slow down. Uh, I, I never had the, the the backswing where you could get it up and really rip it. I just I had all pretty much a short backswing and just come and pop it. But that short backswing and popping it, it ain't it ain't the same anymore. I've been trying to learn to get it on up a little bit so I get some more distance. Mm-hmm. You know. But when you say focus, you know, your chip shots, your putty, like you said, every shot becomes something. Well, in basketball coaching to me, I tried to explain it. uh, We're going to have clinics in here that there's a defense and offense and today the kids are shooting the ball so much better. So you got to get your defense to play a lot harder than you did before. Why? Because they're shooting better. And it's not about you stopping them from shooting or blocking shots. It's eliminating touches. If a guy gets the ball 10 times and he makes five, he's shooting 50 percent. But if you keep him from catching it, and he catches it five times, you know, your chances are g- better not to stop him when he's got the ball, but to stop him before he gets the ball. Exactly. You see? So there's two ends of the game now. What are you going to do? Well, you want to practice your shooting so you can score, and you want to practice stopping them from scoring. So you, you're playing both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a,
1: lot of, a lot of kids are just playing. Well, you had a heck of a defense back in the day. Man, it yeah.
4: was fun to watch.
1: Well, we used to get after it. I, no doubt. You know,
4: I played for a guy that was demanding, uh, Don Haskins, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Eddie and Coach Haskins played for the same guy, which was Mr. Iba. You know, they, they believed mm-hmm. in the garden folks, you know. And, and that's that I am very proud of the fact that I was able to steal something.
1: When you first came here, it took a while for the teams to get going. And you were having to deal with much more I- away from the basketball court than on it. And there were people out calling, it's time to get rid of me. You're not going to be able to get it done.
4: How gratifying was it to get it done? I realized that when I came to Arkansas, I didn't realize at the time, but I had a sick daughter that was dying. It got to the point where she would be sometimes so sick with this leukemia, I could care less about a basketball game and what they were saying. Then she would be very angry because she'd heard what they said at school or something when she was at school, when she didn't go very much. But during that period, uh, I couldn't have wished no one to ever go in and coaching with a daughter that it was sick as mine was. And yet, me and Rose got up every morning and I went to work to try to coach a team that everybody w- said was good, that Eddie had left a very good group of guys he might have for his style and for what he did. I had a long deal with myself after Yvonne passed away. I was going to go back and finish up the master's and become, a, which is, was my second intention, a principal of an elementary school. Once she passed away and I rededicated myself to coaching, then I was ready again to coach. Now, I don't think if I had not rededicated, and and, and I dedicated every game and everything I was going to do to her because she was strong enough to say, go, daddy, yeah, I mean, this is what you want. I'm not, we're not going to hold you back from trying to do what you think. You know, that's why I used to work morning and night hard to get a championship because that's what I told her. We're going to get a championship. We had already won the junior college championship. We had already went to Tulsa and got the NIT championship. Oh, we're, we're lacking the NCAA championship. We got it. And she's had the best seat in the house. All the time. It's kind of fun to watch what Coach Musselman
1: is doing here now, and um, kind of re-energized Razorback basketball, getting to the Elite Eight this past year, and, and really ran up against the
4: bus on Baylor, who won it all. Well, you know, he did a tremendous job. I, uh, I called him a couple of times to tell him, man, that's that's the way to go. Uh, you know, he, his kids seem to play, and, and, and that's to me the mark of a, of a coach that once you come out of practice, you take your practice to the to the game with you can perform better, that's what I thought he did. He was able to take that practice to the game and give them enough freedom that they could be creative on their own and make things happen. When things, you know, basketball players got to make plays. You got to make a play. It can't be drawn up all the time because, you know, if somebody troubled teams and traps and all that, well, we did all that junk stuff at you. you you're not going to be by yourself very often. Mm-hmm. And so I I really – thought he did an excellent job of keeping those kids loose and, and ready to make a decision immediately.
1: What's in your bag right now? What kind of clubs are you playing?
4: You shouldn't ask me
1: that. Pings. Okay. Uh,
4: oh, I've had them for maybe three or four years, and, and they ain't no good. They're no good? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you buy clubs thinking that you're going to fix what's wrong. That <laughs> work that but way. Doesn't work that way, Hoss. I mean – I. I had em, uh an extra, maybe a half inch longer for me. You know, I I, I did the whole nine yards. I went and had my swing checked out and the weight of the thing. I mean, I did everything, and I'm still the same golfer. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of so, putter? Now I have a putter that was made uh, in a shop by a kid. I'm going to say at least thirty years ago. And you still use it today? I, wow! I'm still missing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! I tried. I tried I tried some of the other ones, but they missed too. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, Coach, Uh, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you, man. I've really enjoyed this, Uh, and uh, uh, best of luck when you get out there. I appreciate that. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you before a lesson before you leave. If, If I'm doing the right thing to get it. Get the club back. We can do that.
1: Coming up on December the 8th, Arkansas's Contractors Auction, 425 Blackman Road in Lone Oak, 8 a.m. Go to blackmanauctions.com for more information on this auction. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions.
3: Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of Sure Life products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com.
2: This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor his show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions.
1: On the tee with our weekly rule segment, here's PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam, I've got a tee time. I'm in a tournament. Tee time's 10.30, 10.25. I hit one more drive on the practice range, and all of a sudden the shaft breaks. Luckily, I had another driver either in the locker room or in my car, so I go and grab it to get a replacement for it, which I'm allowed to do because I haven't started my round yet. I get to the tee at 10.35. My tee time was 10.30. Mm-hmm. What
5: happens now? Well, so this is a 19 change. It used to be the penalty for not being at the tee at the time of starting was disqualification with a, a local rule that could be adopted into a notice to competitors that stated if you're there within five minutes, you could start with a two-stroke penalty. That is now reversed so if you're there within five minutes, so you're going to get the, the, the two-stroke penalty under those circumstances. So the, the wrinkle, obviously, is a club that's become damaged, however, in the normal course of play. However, it didn't become damaged in the normal course of play because the round hasn't started yet. So when you got to the tee, let's just say, I mean, we're, we're going to go and say this is five minutes and not a second more. Five on the dot. Five on the dot. You're going to incur that two-stroke penalty. At which point you could, in theory, as long as you don't unduly delay play, run and get another club or have somebody go get it for you. What I would have done in that situation is I'm on the tee and I hit one more drive and then the driver breaks and I know i got to be at the tee at whatever, 1030. We said, you know, I'm going to go over to that first tee and I'm going to hit something other than driver off the first tee and then avoid that penalty, and then determine: okay, can I get back in and go grab this without unduly delaying players? Is there somebody close by? Can I? I mean, typically, if if you know, if I've got a starter, at the first team say, hey, look, I snapped a driver. Here's the keys to my my car. There's a driver in my trunk. I've started the round with 13 clubs. I'm allowed to add a club. Can somebody go grab this X driver out of my trunk and bring it to me? I think, you know, they're going to help you do that. But it doesn't absolve you from the, you know, being late to the and the two-stroke penalty. The, the rule simply states there under exceptional circumstances um, will the committee allow for that penalty to be waived. For example, uh, if I've, I'm on my way to the golf course and there's an auto accident and I'm there giving first aid, yeah. Um, and I end up being 15 minutes late um, under those circumstances. The committee would be justified in in waiving that penalty. What if there's an auto accident and you just caught in the traffic? No. Yeah. So we get that one, too. So, hey, I got caught in traffic. It's your responsibility to I mean, well, I, I'd like it into this. You know, how many how many listeners out there have employees or whatever that are chronically late for work? and they say, hey, golly, traffic was just awful this morning. Sure. I'm sorry. You know, that's why I'm late. What would you say as an employer? Yep. Leave, leave a little later. earlier. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I you know when I played, um, and I think you, you can see it today at majors, they show them walking out of the parking lot. They're usually getting there two hours before their tea time.
1: Let's go back a couple of years to Medina.
5: Rory. <laughs> Rory
1: McIlroy, singles matches yeah. of the Ryder Cup. He oversleeps. Yep, he forgot what time zone he was in.
5: Yeah,
2: but
1: he, he got,
5: gets a police escort. Yeah, you and I aren't getting a police escort, are we? No, but he was close to missing his tea
1: time. What would have happened then?
5: So yeah, that's he would, loss of match. Yeah, he would lost the match. Uh, and you know, the PGA of America uh, had a young lady that was assigned to to find him. Do you know the iron uh, the irony to that story? Is that woman that found him is his now his wife? Really? That's correct. I did not know that. Yeah, he married her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, gee, I would too. I mean, you won the Ryder Cup. You helped us win the Ryder. So Cup.
5: I was actually there um, and very close. I was right at the first tee uh, when that happened, and he rolled up there, got up there just in time. Didn't hit a range ball, nothing. Um, just flat, uh, you know, overslept, uh, wasn't answering his phone. Um, I believe PG America sent somebody to the hotel, um, to, to find him. And the young lady that knocked on his door and and woke him up, got him going. Um, and then he got a police escort to Medina. Uh, I don't remember seeing the police escort coming into Medina, but I do remember Rory walking on the first tee. Didn't no one in the crowd knew what was going on. No. Uh, because it was, you know, if you go to a Ryder cup, you got 60,000 people following, you know very few people you can't see what's going on so you know you don't know who's been to the range and what where they are at any time But the
1: fact that he had to get a police escort that that was available for exactly. him to get and he was able to talk to the yep. the the officer that gave him that said hey look this is a big deal yeah. you know here's who i am yeah. but then i did not know the fact that he actually married the lady that yep. was assigned to go find him yep. did they ride in the car together
5: you know, I don't know the answer
1: to that. I was going to figure out. Well, mean, they probably w- did. And then uh, what was that
5: conversation? Hey, thanks for saving my buck Can I have your number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that that is uh, that is his life today. Interesting.
1: If you want interesting stories like that, keep listening to us. If you have a question about the rules of golf, email us from the at at gmail.com and we will get it answered with Adam Corning. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. I hope you enjoyed our sit-down with Nolan Richardson. I sure did, and I want to thank Kevin Trainer at the University of Arkansas for helping set that up. I leave you with this golf quote from Seve Ballesteros. I look into eyes, shake their hand, pat their back, and wish them luck. But I am thinking I am going to bury you. I hope you enjoy your next round on the course, and when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass.
0: You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. From the Short Grass is brought to you by MinnowsPlus.com and Blackman Auctions. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.